Welcome to the One City Church audio experience. My name is Jesse Dan Yusuf and I serve as the lead pastor. Our vision is to see everyone everywhere becoming one with God and our mission is to bring heaven to earth in our city as it is in heaven. Right now, we are preparing for the official launch of our church on Sunday, the 1st of October, 2023, and we are inviting you to be a part of this special move of God. For more information, you can visit our website, www.one-city.org, or follow us on social media at One City Online. Now let's listen to the message. Welcome to One City. My name is Jesse Dan Yusuf and I serve as the lead pastor. Our vision is, let's say it together, everyone, everywhere, becoming one with God. One more time, everyone, everywhere, becoming one with God. And for the past five weeks, we've been on this series called Building One City in anticipation and preparation for the official launch of our church on the 1st of October, 2023, um, leading up to our first conference, OneCon, um, with the theme, no one else is coming. And then at the end of the conference on the 1st of October, we are going to be launching One City Church. Glory to God. What we've been doing for the past five weeks is the Lord has been deepening our understanding and opening the revelation of the vision, so to speak, making us understand what it means for everyone everywhere to become one with him. Glory to God. Glory to God. So far, we've gone through the vision we've gone through the mission which um ours is to bring heaven to earth amen so we've been praying and interceding that let it be in one city in abuja as it is in heaven glory to god then we talked about how jesus is at the center of all that we do jesus is the one we preach is the one we proclaim he's the one we profess he's the one we lift up we do not lift up the pastor here we do not lift up we honor one another but it is jesus we worship Amen. So we learned we should pull down our idols and we should lift up Jesus. Glory to God. And the following week, we learned about people are our heart. Amen. It was a very beautiful service, right? Yes. Right? Yes. So we're learning to forgive. Amen. People are looking away. Some are hissing. But the Lord is healing you. Amen. Amen. Offense is not of us. You know, one of the things the Lord was telling me this past week is, what he's teaching us is not just what we'll become. He's telling us what we are. So if you are acting contrary to what you are, we're acting in disobedience. So if he's saying you're one that doesn't offend or one that forgives, he's not saying you should become one. He's saying this is who you are. You forgive. Say amen. amen. I'll call names, so I'm not saying. Say Amen. You forgive. Glory to God. Everything. Now, the beautiful thing is, he's not asking us to act on our strength. He has given us his spirit. Amen. To walk like him, to move like him. Um, you know, our, our discipleship um, method here is what? To be with Jesus. To what? Be like Jesus. And to what? Do what Jesus did. Glory to God. What I want to teach today is servant leadership is our identity. Let me repeat that. Servant leadership is what? Our identity. And this is the third value of our church. Glory to God. Are you with me? Servant leadership is what? Our identity. Pardon me. I want us to continue a tradition we started last year. Whenever we read the word, we're going to stand as we read the word of God. So kindly just stand and um, as one of our leaders. Read the word. Hi, my name is um, Jemima Esther. Anyone works. I'm the admin of One City. And um, today we'll be reading from Matthew 20, 20 to 28. Then the mother of the sons of Zebedee came up to him with her sons. And kneeling before him, she asked him for something. And he said to her, what do you want? She said to him, say that these two sons of mine are to sit one at your right hand and one at your left in your kingdom. Jesus answered, you do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I am to drink? They said to him, we are able. He said to them, you will drink my cup, but to sit at my right hand and at my left is not mine to grant, 
but it is for those for whom it has been prepared by my father. And when the ten heard it, they were indignant at the two brothers. But Jesus called them to him and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. It shall not be so among you, but whoever will be great among you must be your servant, and whoever will be first among you must be your slave. Even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for men. May the Lord bless his word in Jesus' name. God bless you, Jemima. So this particular text that Jemima read from Matthew 20, 20 to 28, we see this conversation happens several times in the Gospels. One of them is in Mark 9. And Jesus was walking and he had heard this commotion behind him. The disciples were arguing among themselves. When they reached their destination, they were in Capernaum. And Jesus asked them, What's, what were you guys even talking about? And they were mumbling. He said, see, you're not like other people, right? He realized, he knew what they were talking about because it is, I don't know if it was before the mother of um, the sons of Zebedee, but that conversation was, it seems it was coming, it came up several times about who will be the greatest in the kingdom of God. Can you imagine these guys, they went to go and call their mother for Jesus. Like, she has been disturbing them. See, I paid school fees for you. You've done this. Now you're following this carpenter who claims to be the Messiah. And she has probably seen miracles and she has seen the fruit of Jesus' ministry. She was not like, you know what? This kingdom you're talking about, let me secure space for my sons. Are you with me? Said, so let me secure space for my sons. And mothers are beautiful. Amen. But Jesus, do you know what you're asking? The beautiful thing is that Jesus did not condemn their aspiration for greatness. He did not condemn their aspiration, their ambitions. He did not say that, who told you you will be great? He did, he did not put them down. He said that we are not like others. In the world, to uh, be great, you have to lord it over people. But not you. Tell your neighbor, not you. Tell your neighbor, not you. Tell the one you ignored, not you. <laughs> but not you. He said, for us, the way up is down. So in a way, Jesus, I, I told you several times that Jesus' message was the kingdom of God, right? He came preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Luke 8.1, he says Jesus moved from city to village. He was what? Proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom of God. That was Jesus' central message, the kingdom of God. Now, this kingdom he was talking about, peoples were trying to secure their space in it. So probably the disciples had seen the sons of Zebedee's mom come to secure their place. And they got angry. I don't know. So I'm kind of trying to link in. I'm not saying this is how it happened, but Mark 9, we see that they were arguing amongst themselves. Peter was saying, no, I'm the greatest. John is saying, no, I'm the greatest. James is saying, no, I'm the greatest. And she was saying, no. If you want to be great, you have to be least. The way up and down is down. Jesus came and introduced a type of kingdom takeover that it may not make sense, but we see, when we see the strategy in action, it always works. And Jesus did not just preach this, he modeled this. Are you with me? Amen. Jesus did not just preach this, he what? He modeled this because Jesus is a king, but he came as a servant king. Can we open to Philippians 2, 5? Jesus came, what? As a servant king. He did not deny his place and his position, but he took upon himself something new. Philippians 2, verse 5. Are we there? Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours, in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. 
Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed upon him the name that is above every other name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Hallelujah. Amen. Jesus' central message was the kingdom of God is at hand and he was telling us that he is the king of kings. He is the king of all the earth. Glory to God. But he came in the form of a servant king. The New Testament is telling us that Jesus, he thought it, it he, he, he emptied himself of all that was his, not just his privilege, but his right, his very identity. And took the form of a servant. Even obedient to the point of death. Do you know how embarrassing it is? Do you know how shameful it is? That the king of kings will subject himself to death. I don't even get what I'm saying. That the king of kings, the maker of the universe, the creator of all things, will say, I will become like my creation. And for the sake of reconciling myself with them, I will become like them because my, my duty is that I want them to become like me. So I'll become like them and show them how to become like me. Are you, are you tracking with me? So Jesus' central message is kingdom come. And everyone has been born of God, has been born into the kingdom of God. Everyone that has been born of God has been born into what? The kingdom of God. Glory to God. Everyone born of God has been born into the kingdom of God. So this is not some people. God does not have last bonds. Are you with me? Every one of us is a child of God and we've been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, into the kingdom of the sun, into the kingdom of God, into the kingdom of Jesus. Hallelujah. So this topic, which is a value that we are and we are becoming, that servant leadership is our identity, is that we are taking the form of Jesus' leadership model. So as king, he took the form of servant. He emptied himself. He thought it was not, he, he, he did not think of himself as equal with God, but he gave himself to becoming a servant. Do you know humanity is so... Like even the angels, they wonder, what is, what is this? What are these people? What is this thing? But, you know, the angel and uh, 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 the, the, the spiritual realm are wondering why God loves this entity so much. But because he is love and he wants us now to be reconciled to him, he made himself like one of us so that we can become like him. Glory to God. I'm laying the foundation for something. That Jesus was what? Not just king of kings, but he was what? Servant king. And now we see this interaction he's having with his disciples, his apostles. And they are arguing about who will be the greatest. Just like we do often. Even in, even in the church, even in the body of Christ. We compare ourselves. We measure ourselves um, across denominations, across churches. Um, Across different things. And Jesus is saying, it's not by how many followers we have. Are you with me? It's not by who is able to fill churches. Are you tracking with me? It's not by some of the worldly things we use to measure growth. God says, for you to be great, you have to be least. For you to be great, you have to be servant of all. Amen. But... If you go for ministry training, they will tell you you need to do all these um, marketing things. Or, or you, you know, uh, I, I, you need to build your personal brand. I, I teach on personal branding. Do you understand? But you need to be self-promotional. You need to be um, self-aggrandizing. You need to be pointing to yourself constantly. But Jesus is saying, no. If you want to be great, put others first. If you want to be great, be the least of all. Be the servant of all. Glory to God. Glory to God. One of the first things the Lord taught me when I knew I was going into ministry was from the book of Peter. He says, humble yourself under God's mighty hand. And in due time, I will lift you up. I will exalt you. And every time that I've 
tried to become something I'm not, that scripture comes to mind. Humble yourself under God's mighty hand. Humble yourself under God's mighty hand. And if you're in ministry, ministry is about serving God. Are you with me? If ministry is about serving God, when I say if you're in ministry, I'm talking about to all of us. So, so don't think he's referring to just um, pastors or people who have official titles. Amen? It's every one of us. Glory to God. So Jesus introduces this paradox, this upside down way. It's countercultural. The world tells us we need to act a certain way, do certain things so that we can be in front of people. Jesus is saying it is not for you to do the same thing. If you want to be great, be the servant of all. God does not condemn our ambitions, but he questions your path to your ambitions. Are you with me? He questions the path to your ambitions. You don't, some people have turned people as their ladder of success. So you climb on anybody. You, do, you, you roll over people to get to your definition of success. That's not it. Like one of your prophets say, we, we rise by lifting others. Who, who did that? <laughs> who knows what I'm talking about? Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> but it's his right. Do you understand? Now, this leadership model, the world acknowledges it. The world loves it. And people who have followed this leadership model of servant leadership, the world loves them. Nelson Mandela, Mother Teresa, MLK, Martin Luther King Jr., right? Can you remember watching um, Nelson Mandela's funeral service. Can you remember? Leaders from all over the world came to honor this man's passing. Leaders from all over the world. And same thing for Mother Teresa. Do you know one thing I've learned? In this our Christian walker, no, they may hate us. They may not believe us. But they will never deny a life that is well lived. They can't deny that this, a person was a good person. Atheists, um, Muslims, whatever worldview that they hold, they will never argue against the testimony of Jesus. That is why even atheists may say they don't believe in God, but they, won't, they will never deny that Jesus was a good man. Some may go further and to say he's a fictional figure, but they'll say, yes, even at that, he was a good man. So the, the, the worst thing you can say about Jesus is that he was a good man. You can't find anything to hold him to because he lived an exemplary life of servant leadership, putting others before himself. Now, this is very key for us. And it's not just something that I'm saying we do in our church. It's something we must carry into every area of our lives, our marriages, our businesses. Are you with me? Amen? That we don't step on people because we are chasing success. That we don't climb people and use people as the ladder of our success. Amen? But God is saying, because you want to be great, be the stepping stone for someone else rising. Now, some of you are wondering, I'm not saying you should be, they should walk over you, even though often that may happen. Right? Well, let me, let me, let me not be too fast. We're going to talk about who a servant leader is and what they are not. But this, this value is so important. It's not something that was invented, I'm inventing. It's something I'm showing you. And I'm sure every one of us have a level of ambition. We want to be great in our careers. We want to be great in our businesses. We want to be great in our creative endeavors. Whatever it is, we are at least we want to attain a level of success. Abi, what Jesus is saying is, you cannot ride over people, even in ministry. The pastors cannot ride over you just because they want to build ministries. Amen. This command is for every one of us. God is not condemning our ambitions. He's questioning the path to which you are attaining your ambition. 
Amen. Amen. So we see Jesus as the ultimate model. He gives us this, he, he, he tells us this upside down countercultural strategy of to be great, you have to be least. To be first, you have to be last. And it's a painful thing. He's not saying that you'll be last forever. You understand? He's saying if you want to be first, if you want to be great, this is the way to it. So I've just pointed out, even in the secular world, Nelson Mandela, MLK, these people are still being honored. Even my people who do not believe what they believe, because they put others first. Amen? Sorry, I said it was Mark 9. It's actually Mark 10. It says, Mark 10, 42, it says, You know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles, they lord it over them. And their great ones exercise authority over them. But it shall not be among you. But whoever will be great among you must be your servant. Isn't this hard to find in our country? That how is it that the people who oppress us are the ones we call great people? To the point that some people are even saying they, they prefer some of the tyrannical of our tyrannical leaders of the past and authoritarian leaders of the past, like they adore them. It's so strange. But it's not our way. It is not for us. Amen. So I want us to understand something also. We are not building a church. We are serving in a kingdom. Should I repeat that? That we're not building a church. And what I mean, like this, this local assembly, yes, is part of the move of God to um, advancing his kingdom on earth. But I want us to see beyond these four walls and see that we are actually in service of the king of kings. And if we do that, our approach to everything ministry, our approach, our approach to everything church, it will radically change. That we must be kingdom-minded. Amen? We must be what? Kingdom-minded. We must be kingdom-minded. Jesus embodied this practice of being kingdom-minded. And as the servant king, as a leader, and as a servant, he showed first and modeled this thing we must be. So in your marriage, if you think, oh, your wife is here to serve you. No, you're there to serve your spouse. And the other way around. If we must be first, we must be last. If we must be great, we must be the servant of all. Jesus also showed this when he was washing the feet of his disciples. And Peter was saying, no, you can't wash my feet. How? I will never let this. And he said, if I don't wash your feet, you can't partake of my kingdom. And he said, bath me, Lord. Oh, that's a good shirt. I mean, creative. Bath me, Lord. <laughs> I was like, bath me, Lord. Peter is extreme. Amen. But I'm telling you, for everyone who God has called to be a child of God, this is something we have to walk. It is an identity that he has called us into. That we are not just children of God, but we are servants of the King of Kings. Amen. Amen. And because I said, in one city, servant leadership is our identity. Number one, we are all leaders. Hallelujah. We are all what? We are all what? Leaders. Every one of us, we are, we are all leaders. Which means in different ways, in different spheres of our environment, in our schools, in our offices, in our homes, we lead. Which means we have some level of influence. Amen? We have some level of influence. In the church here, I am the primary leader. But I will not go to your house and be your leader. Your father or your husband or your wife, do you understand, are the leaders of the home there. Are you with me? I will not go to your office and be your leader there. I will just cause trouble for you. To query you, you can't be bringing your pastor here. Are you with me? So every one of us, we are leaders in some capacity, in some way. But Jesus is telling us that, yes, as leaders, we should be ambitious. And the method of service 
is by being a servant. Glory to God. Now, I want to outline some things that a servant leader is not. So, a servant leader is not a proud person. Amen. A servant leader is not what? A proud person. You're not a proud person. A servant leader is not authoritarian. What does it mean to be authoritarian? Which means what you say goes. Right? Everybody and everything is subject to you. A servant leader is not self-aggrandizing. You're not saying everything has to point to you. That's your, you're saying the world revolves around you. Now, a servant leader does not neglect accountability. Amen. A servant leader does not what? Neglect accountability. We are all accountable to someone and to something. I want us to understand something. Eh? We have a stake in this kingdom movement. Are you with me? Do you hear what I said? We have a stake in this kingdom movement. So often somebody challenged us um, about two weeks ago and was telling us that one of the reasons um, we see people behave a certain way in church is because of the type of language we use. So she was, she was um, confronting the word we use as volunteers. And she said, when we make people see themselves as volunteers, they think you're doing the church a favor. Meanwhile, God has called us to be servant leaders. So we are not doing Jesus a favor by giving our time, talent, and treasures. We are partnering with him as co-laborers, as co-missionaries, hallelujah, to advance the kingdom of God. Amen. So often we think we come to church and we are wondering, how, what can I do for God? Which is a good thing. But I want you to see that you have a stake in this thing. Do you understand? That you are part of the kingdom of God. God is your father and you should be about your father's business. And if we are truly about our father's business, our duty is to see that it makes profit. That there is always gain. Amen? Our duty is to see that there is always gain. That in some way, we are contributing and making our father's business grow. So we are not doing God a favor by us coming to church. God forbid, he will raise a thousand more men. If any one of us think we can stand in the way of God, there are, are 7,000 who have not bowed to bow. There are 7,000 more righteous. There are 7,000 more talented than us. There are 7,000 more that can do more than we do. Never think you can stand in the way of God. Amen. I'm not saying that, I've, I've not seen it in this house, you understand? I've, some people have done certain things, but I'm not saying that that's something. I mean, I'm just saying, don't ever come to that place. Glory to God. We're not doing God a favor. We're serving him. It's our duty. Amen. Seven leaders are not proud. Seven leaders are not authoritarian. We're not self-aggrandizing. We do not um, neglect accountability. We are not approval-seeking or popularity-seeking because we are servant leaders. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, let me balance this. God has called us to steward influence. And often, that may come in the form of you having influence over thousands, often millions of people. Now, if you think, ah, let me come and do what Pastor Jesse is doing so that I can grow followers in my life. Or let me come and do what Pastor Jesse is doing. My guy, don't attract curses to yourself. Are you with me? Children of God, ministry is not the path to fame, please. Serving God is not a path to popularity. If you're coming here thinking, oh, I want to be a worship leader, I want to do what Michael is doing, I want to do what some of these ones are doing, so that people will like me. So you will, you, will die, you will kill yourself. That you're on a suicide mission. Seven leaders are not approval seeking. They are not what? Fame and popularity seeking. Amen. Service is about what should we do for the king of kings. Glory to God. So now who 
Or what is a servant leader? A servant leader is someone who put God's, who puts others first. You put others first. You did hear what I said? You put others first. So let's say as we're building one city, or in any area, any area, any of your ministry, your business, your your marriage. Let me let, okay, because there are lots of creatives here. Let's say, let's say as a photographer, right? Yes, you have, you may have like a creative vision. This is this is a lesson I learned very hard. Let me tell you a short story. Like two years ago, a client almost slapped me. As in, I was arguing what I thought was best for their business. I may have been right, but I was not listening to the problem he was saying he had. Do you understand? I wanted them to have this beautiful, because of my agency then, I wanted them to have this beautiful Instagram page. I wanted them to have all these nice bells and whistles. What the man was saying is, how does this translate to Naira? How, Jesse, how does this? And we're going back and forth. He said, I should leave his office. I'll slap you. At the last time I heard somebody say, I'll slap you. It's down six. God, and that day was Tribe Thursday. And I came to church thinking, grown man like me, I'm married. Somebody wants to slap me. But it was a hard lesson. Now, as creatives, I'm sure many of us will know that even though often we know we must serve the client's needs. Abi? So in many ways, we're bringing our skill and our talent to serve their needs. So in a way as well, we are coming to church, we are coming to our marriages, we are asking, how can I serve this person's needs? Amen. How can I make this place better for this person? One of the things we say here is we leave places better than we found them. But let me also say we also leave people better than we found them. Amen. Okay, let's move on from there. Now, um, we put others first. Glory to God. We put others first. How can I best serve this place? How can I make this place better? How can I make people better? The people in my lives, how can I be a better brother, a better sister, a better son, a better daughter? Seven leaders are humble. Do you know, people think that humility means you're a weak person. If you think being humble is a weak thing, drive in Abuja eh? for one week without eyeing anybody, without cussing, without hissing, without with, allowing people go. How many of us drive here? Just, can we practice this week? Jesus. But you guys know what I'm talking about. So that's why it's hard to be a Christian in Lagos. Do you understand? But <laughs> Now, humility is not a weak thing. I put it to you, it is hard. Because our first impulse is to say, waka. Are you mad? Do you understand? Are you okay? Can't you see? Can't you drive? I may or may have not done that yesterday. <laughs> if I was saying, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. This man stopped. It's not my fault. <laughs> he stopped in the middle of the road. All I did was ask politely. Are you? I may have not said it that way. But I was, anyway, <laughs> forgiveness, forgiveness. Forgive yourself. Okay, so humility is a hard thing. Our first impulse is to do what? Is to respond negatively. It's the easy thing. And we think that your people, people will call you weak because you're not responding or you're not meek or you're not humble. But that is the command of the servant leader, to be humble. So C.S. Lewis says, humility is not thinking less of yourself, but it is thinking of yourself less, which means you are putting others first. Amen. So he's not saying that I am nothing. I don't know if you get me, but he's saying that I, I want others to be first. He's serving other people. Glory to God. Glory to God. It is humility. Glory to God. And second thing is, seven leaders empower people. Seven leaders what? Empower people. Now, I heard this thing that really changed my mindset and ministry. Seven leaders, as a pastor, as a leader, you're not, I'm not the lead to keep people down. Amen? But I'm the fire that stirs people up. 
So by the grace of God, we give people opportunities and platforms for God to shine through them. We empower people. Amen. Someone gave me the opportunity to teach, to lead, and I'm here. And by the grace of God, to as many people as I'm able to, I will give different opportunities for them to serve. Glory to God. Amen? Amen. So, servant leaders empower people. Servant leaders, we listen and we understand. Glory to God. We what? We listen and we understand. I think that one is pretty straightforward. Then the fifth characteristic of a servant leader is that we develop and we build others. So empowering is giving platforms, right? Is um, giving opportunities. But you're also developing and building other people. Have you heard stories? Um, if you were joining our discipleship class on Mondays and Wednesdays, um, I used the analogy of um, the Igbo um, apprenticeship system about how this ogre comes, brings people from his village or somewhere, right? He trains them for a couple of years, then he releases them. Right, so that they can set themselves up, right? We've seen success stories from there. But also, I know we've heard stories of people that have not been released. Or even some evil men who go all the way to um, sabotage because they don't want their boy to be bigger than them. So it's not because you're here or Big H, but one of the things I was saying with Eva was, I was just counting the number of people that you've trained, that have that have served on you and are now businessmen. God bless you, Big H. Please, can we appreciate him? And it should be the same for, don't be threatened by your brother. Amen. Develop people, empower them. Glory to God. Now, all of this I've said is because we are on a mission. So, I want us to understand that we are servant leaders. That is our identity, and we are co-missionaries with God. Glory to God. We are what? Co-missionaries with God. Um, about two weeks ago, God opened my eyes and gave me a revelation about something. Why, by the grace of God, you won't find jealousy and competition in this church. And this reason is this. God said to us, and I was sharing with Eva, the biggest church in Nigeria the biggest church in Nigeria. Okay, let's use, what's the biggest church in Abuja? The dome, right? It hosts what? 100,000 people. It's a small church compared to the number of people that are going to hell daily. I want you to look around you. Just look at the tent. Is this place full? Look behind everybody, look. Is this place full? Then our job is not done. Are you with me? Jesus said the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are what? Few. The great commission is not just the great commission. It is the great co-mission. Jesus is not just empowering and anointing us. He's alongside us. He's calling us alongside him to partner with him to be the move of God here on earth. Amen. So here in one city, we are on co-mission with God. We are co-missionaries. Hallelujah. We are going we are on the move of God with God. We are alongside God doing his will. So if we look and we see that our church is not here full. Amen. Our friends don't know Jesus yet. Our neighbors don't know Jesus yet. Then the work is not done. The job is not done. Glory to God. We should remove away competition from here. Amen? We must celebrate what's happening in other ministries. Oh, I was so blessed by what I saw um, Pastor Nathaniel Bass here and um, Apostle um, Salman did this past week. So blessed. But the job is not yet done. Amen? The job is not yet done. At most here, we are, we are less than 150. That's small. Now, I've said it, I'm not trying to say, I want to build an empire, I don't want to be the next um, living faith, I don't want to be the next dunamis. I'm just saying, we have work to do. Glory to God. People have come to tell me once before, like, I just like the way our church is small. And I'm like, no. You don't know what's in my, I don't like it. And it pains me. Because it makes me look like a small person. They think they are complimenting, no, they think they are I go home and I'll vex. I'll be like, God, use me. Set me on fire. 
So we are not a small church. Amen. So when we look alongside and we see other ministries doing other things, we must celebrate it. Glory to God. We must celebrate it, but we must understand that the job is not done. That we are what? Commissioned with God. Amen. Which now leads me to, we must, because we are kingdom mindset and we are servant leaders, we must have a mindset of collaboration. Did you hear what I said? We must have a mindset of what? Collaboration. Now, I know some of us may have even been burnt, and often it's hard to see the children of God agree on one thing. Um, one of my mentors used to say, while um, theologians were arguing on how many angels can dance on a needle, um, Islam was slowly taking over um, <laughs> the Middle East. We are distracted by ourselves. Oh, um, is this type of music um, gospel music or not? Is, uh, what are some of the arguments we, we have on Twitter? My goodness. We are so distracted. Meanwhile, we are not doing the work. Now, which now brings me to collaboration. Amen? If we are kingdom-minded, we are what? Collaborating. It means that we recognize that this Baptist church, they are doing the will of God. Amen? Celebration Church is doing the will of God. Deeper Life is doing what? The will of God. Mountain of Fire is doing the will of God. The Anglican Church is doing the will of God. Hallelujah. And as much as possible, we must collaborate on different, in different ways with them. Amen. 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 It, this thing I'm saying is easier said than done. But what I'm saying is, for us here, we must have that mindset. Amen. We must be open to what collaboration. Here's what I mean. Because often some people have turned their denominations or their, call or their churches into cults. So they don't interact with others, do you understand? And their version of Jesus or their version of gospel is the only message. I want you to have empathy for them. We do not criticize, condemn, we don't insult them. Have what? Empathy for them. But we must have a mindset of collaboration, which means that if we see an opportunity to um, minister alongside people, which we do here, we must. Amen. I'm friends with many Abuja pastors. And like, are, if you see us together, we are like kids playing. We don't do it when you guys are watching, but like when we laugh and we, do you understand? Play and we share our concerns. We pray for one another. Amen. No competition. No air of competition. Many, in fact, when we transitioned, many have called, even till last week, some were calling me and Jesse, what can I do for your church? They have churches in Abuja. That's a pastor that recognizes that the job is not done. Somebody was complaining that, ah, another church. I was like, I never see you complain when there's another restaurant. In town. It's true, people must eat now, Abby. People must eat. So churches are not enough. Glory to God. Besides, one of the things we must understand is some people will never listen to Oyedepo, but will listen to Jesse. Some people will never listen to Jesse, but listen to a Selman or an abuse. So God sends his people to some shepherds. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. God sends his people, and we must celebrate that. Amen. So please, I don't want the people in this community to be part of that culture of comparisons, that culture of bringing down people who are working hard. So we call others great men of God. What about the nameless preacher in your village? Is he not great? When we went for um, um, outreach in Imo State, we met, because that was the third time we were going, or fourth, we met an Anglican church that started, we had gone 2016, when we returned in 2017. An Anglican church that started there in the village by a man who had abandoned everything. He was a manager in a bank in Lagos. And he went, and you know, a revival broke out. It was like a crusade in the village. Does he have social media? You don't know him. So he's not a great man of God. No, tell me. So I don't want that mindset here. Amen. We celebrate everybody that is doing the work of God. Hallelujah. And that's the mindset of the servant leader. We are collaborators too. Hallelujah. Amen. 
Then the last thing I want us to leave with is this. We celebrate. I think I've mentioned that. But we celebrate. Amen. We celebrate the move of God. I'm not afraid of, of celebrating another church, another denomination, and see what God is doing there. And neither should you. It doesn't take away from what God is doing in your own life or your own church. It doesn't. Celebrate. If God is moving somewhere, hallelujah. I had the, um, last year, or was the beginning of this year, a revival broke out somewhere. And some people were questioning whether it's revival or whether it's not. Okay, take the word revival if that's your problem. God is moving. Can you, can you acknowledge that and celebrate that? No, if there's um, this thing, there, must, there is no deal. Come on. Amen. As we're building one city, you are a servant leader. I'm not saying you're becoming a servant leader. You're a servant leader because you put others first. Hallelujah. Because you empathize, you listen and you understand. You're a servant leader because you are accountable. Hallelujah. You're a servant leader because you're a humble person. Glory to God. You're a servant leader because it's not just about me, 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 me. Others can do the job and you celebrate. We are servant leaders because we empower people. We pass on what we've learned and we empower them and, and, and give them platforms and opportunities. Glory to God. So even in your business, be a servant leader. What are you afraid of passing? This? These days, anybody can go learn anything and find it. But God has privileged you. <laughs> and we are now, um, how are Gen Z they talk about? Gatekeepers. That's not your destiny in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm Gen Z too, so don't. Amen. Do you know that's what I want to say? That's what I want to say. Let's, let's stand up and pray. Let's stand up and pray. Hallelujah. Oh, we're just going to pray. Leading up to one city, leading on to one con, which is September 28th. Um, September 28th to October 1st. I want you to pray that God will open our eyes to see how we can be part of this move. If you call one city home, say, God, open my eyes to see how I can be part of this move. And how I can be a servant leader in this local assembly that's part of your kingdom. Everybody open your mouth and pray. And I want you to pray for every person that is serving in one way or the other. Many of us come here, we just, what, we are wondering, what can the church do for me? I want you to change your language and say, Lord, what can I do for the church? How can I serve you? How can I serve your people? How can I love your people? How can I do work here? How many of us remember this song? Make me Sorry, let me start again. Make me a servant humble and meek lord let me lift up those who are weak and me the prayers of my heart always be a servant make me a servant Today. Let's start again. Make me a servant. 
condemn our ambitions but he questions our path are you stepping on people to get to where you are going or are you rising by lifting others are you putting others first that's who we are servant leadership is our identity we are not approval seeking we are not fame seeking but we are Jesus seeking we put him at the center, not ourselves at the center. Jesus is our message. Jesus is the one we worship. Jesus is the one we serve. Amen. Open your mouth and just ask the Lord. Lord, make me a servant leader in my marriage, in my business, in my office. How can I put others first? How can I make a place better? How can I make people better? Bele casta fele dresto podo coda. Da cada decade de setele draco. Da decade de bredo se fede bra. E de costa santa de de. E ne coto sota lava. One more time. Make me those who are weak and may the prayer of my heart always be make me a servant make me a servant make me a servant, me a servant today father we thank you Lord, as you're building one city, you're building us into your body. Father, there is no jealousy, no offense, no strife found in us in Jesus' name. There is no spirit of competition, only celebration in the mighty name of Jesus. We celebrate the move of God wherever we see it because we also are a move of God. People will walk in here and they will meet Jesus. Father, we thank you. For in Jesus' mighty and matchless name we pray. Amen.